Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is March the 4th. 2019 one bitcoin equals one bitcoin value your wealth in bitcoin strong hand offended by selling be a unique beast unconfiscatable holder of last resort right here world reserve crypto that is bitcoin this is the one bitcoin show start by getting one bitcoin then two bitcoin and three then ten then a hundred you know the spiel baby okay check out all the links below everything i talk about is linked to below. I wanted to say we were chatting. If you, you, you can, you know, I, I post these shows uh, about an hour before I go live. You can actually start chatting an hour beforehand, usually it was 50 minutes, whatever it is. And some guys are just chatting in the chat. And w- one dude, Taval Dacre said, well, he said most, but I, I'm changing it to many people in the crypto space claim the US dollar is going to crash but are still obsessed with its value compared to Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Yes, one Bitcoin does equal one Bitcoin, but Taval is absolutely correct. It is hilarious how there's so many, there, there are many people out there, oh, the dollar is, it's going to get hyperinflated away, hyperinflated. And then, they, then they're asking you, when's, when's the uh, Bitcoin market going to bottom in terms of dollars? What's your, what's your price prediction, Meister? What's your price prediction for tomorrow or next week? Or, or a year from now, what's what's your in in fiat? How much is going to be in fiat? But I don't I don't care about fiat. It's uh you know it's going to uh be you know it's going to get hyperinflated. But anyway, what's it worth in fiat, Adam? Come on, tell me. I need that hint, Adam. Tell me. That's the thing. <laughs> it's so funny. Some people are so easily entertained. You just you just pull a number out of your backside and they worship you. And I don't do that. Here. So uh, I just say one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. You can go worship a lot of people that'll just make up numbers and, uh, you know, and then they'll, they'll say they have a magical computer that tells them the numbers too. It's going to be eight. Remember that guy with the magical computer? It's going to be eight, 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 eight on August 8th, 1988. I wouldn't even say uh, the guy. We don't hear about the guy with the magical computer anymore. He was the, uh, he was the uh, conspiracy theory uh, flavor of the month back uh Flavor of the few months back in 2017. He'll be back. The, the bot uh, the uh, the bot will be back, whatever that means. All right. So let's go to a real a, a guy who doesn't make insane, he doesn't make predictions, doesn't pretend to have magical bots and uh, magical future uh, machines that say that aliens are going to land in Israel. Yeah, the guy who would make the predictions about the price of Bitcoin with his magical computer said that aliens, one of his predictions from 2010 that everyone forgets about, that aliens were going to land in Israel. All right. So, uh, and from, from space aliens, those type of things. It didn't, I mean, if you remember 2010, that didn't happen. So Andreas Antonopoulos, going, going, back, going back to the present here, you know, we should not, you know, one, one of the things that I say, and I'm actually going to talk about later in the video, you can't, the, the nonsense people, you, you can't waste time on the nonsense people. And I just wasted a lot of time on nonsense people. And, uh, you know, no one's perfect. I just wasted some time on that. Got to be in motion. And Andreas Antonopoulos is in motion. He's got a new video out there. And uh, not it, it really gets good at the nine-minute mark. And he talks of 
how he dislikes stagnation and he wants a world of experimentation. So he doesn't have problem with, pe with people forking off and doing altcoins. Um, he'd, he'd much rather live in a world of experimentation than stagnation. And I've got to say that's very true. You know, if you don't like the way someone's experimenting, I mean, at least they're doing something. Just, you know, you can complain, I guess, but then you're kind of stagnating by just complaining about them. Uh, and uh, and what do you want them to do? Do nothing? You want a bunch of people to do nothing? You want everything to stay the same? Do you want everything just to stay? Everything's perfect in, in cryptocurrency right now, so don't let anyone try anything new. Anyway, Andreas really puts it nicely in his talk, and then he talks about a ducksless... Uh, the guy who wrote uh, Brave New World, Huxley. And he describes how there, there are many people will, will gleefully uh, opt uh, into the, uh, the social uh, media credit score dystopia, the, the comfortable dystopia, as Doug Casey once put it. You know, there are a lot of people that like to get their dopamine hits from uh, social media, and they won't mind being tracked. They won't mind the ease of use of, uh, you know, of Fed coins. And he, he basically says that at least people have a choice. The freedom is to opt into Bitcoin. And he almost describes my Bitcoin overlay theory that, you know what? 80% are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to, if they just want to live in a, a make-believe world where everything, you know, they're given free things and everything's easy and they can be, you know, they get their Fed coin and they get their Fed benefits, their free cell phones and whatever else come, you know, the tracking that will come with the Fed coin and that you can be turned off with the Fed coin. That's if they like that comfortable dystopia, because it is, com it's comfortable, but it is a dystopia too, when you're getting a social credit score because uh, what's, uh, what seems to be going on or probably will be going on in China pretty soon. But anyway, yeah, you don't have to. That'll be the choice. You can just get into Bitcoin. You won't be tracked. You you won't you won't be dependent on Fedcoin. You you don't have to be dependent on any Fedcoin. Anything that can be turned off. You can live in the real world. Get whatever you want. And uh, but yeah, it's pretty easy to stay in the the uh, social media dopamine hit world. And if you know Facebook Coin comes out, they'll make it even easier. And you'll even get you'll get a lot of free things. A lot of benefits and you'll feel you'll get that dopamine hit sometimes but you'll get that dopamine low also this is beginning to sound like, sound like one of my saturday shows but check out the link below to, to watch andreas's video um you know bitcoin does give us the choice uh to not be in the social credit score bedcoin world pound that like button and uh yeah there's blissful ignorance i guess that is they're the uh, the, the people will be, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear about Bitcoin. I'm happy the way things are, you know, whatever Bitcoin is, I fed coin being, uh, getting my, my dopamine hits, getting my free stuff. Yeah. My life's fine. Eh, whatever it's everything's taking care of me. The government's taking care of me. Yeah. Great. <sighs> yep. That's the culture because personal responsibility is the counterculture and that's Bitcoin. And again, you know, people they'll, There'll be Bitcoin and then there'll be your world is being tracked. And uh, but a lot of people will stay in the regular world. The Fed, the dollar will exist. That you know, for all of the, what we were talking about beforehand, people saying the dollar was going to disappear, yet yet they're the same people that that care about their uh 
value of their Bitcoin in dollars. On the other hand, you have me that says, no, the dollar is going to survive. <laughs> It'll be a tracking device and it'd be a way. The welfare dollar isn't going anywhere because there's more and more welfare coming out. And uh, But I don't care. I, I value my wealth in Bitcoin. So I'm, I'm not worried about what Bitcoin's worth in dollars tomorrow at all. No, not at all. Because I'm just trying to get more Bitcoin. I don't want to. I don't want to be in that. Uh, I don't want to be part of the mainstream culture. I want to be part of the counterculture. Personal responsibility. Okay. Um, so with with all of that in mind, that you know the yeah, the, there's going to be a, a dystopian world out there uh, for, for those who uh, want to, to who want to stick around in it and get their social credit score. You know that that's pretty it's pretty harsh. But I mean, you go out there and you tell people what the options are. Bitcoin is freedom. And what you can't, what a lot of people do is they understand that Bitcoin is freedom. And then everything else they want to go to war against, okay? They want to go to war against Litecoin. They want to go, I mean, why go? It's like a hysterical. Again, this is commenting on what I see over social media, but people can get really hysterical about uh, other coins, other projects, other. Uh, thoughts about Bitcoin and just go to war on people. And you know, even people promoting altcoins try to go to war against other altcoins. Really bad idea. Really bad idea. It's it's not positive. You're not being productive. You're not making any friends. I mean, if you're trying to promote an altcoin and you're ripping on other altcoins, you need as many <laughs> you need as many allies as possible. So yeah, this a lot of people have the go to war mentality over everything and no it's it's not a good way to live your life it's not a, and maybe some people are just you know putting up a front on social media that's just their social media personality again i don't think it's productive i don't think it's healthy because if, if that's your front then who are you bef behind that front i mean if you get to go around with all this bluster on social media but you don't really mean it then what's that mean but yeah this don't go to war over everything dudes seriously um now, there, are, there are serious issues, and you can debate about them. You can try to convince people, but there is just there, there's sometimes these hysterical. I call them hysterical wars. Don't go to hysterical war, man. Okay, um, and a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Uh, so, now going back to what I said about blissful ignorance, it's good <laughs> when you don't know about some of the drama that's going on. When you're ignorant of the drama, that's good. <laughs> that's that's good right there. That's good. If you don't know about, uh, if you're able to avoid sources of crypto noise, that is great to be ignorant of that. That's not ignorant. I, I mean, that's you, you just have no idea about it. That's great. Um, all right. So, Gab, the Gab, and I mentioned Gab before, which is kind of like a Facebook competitor, Twitter competitor, social media competitor, and how they, the guy behind it, is a big fan of Bitcoin. They tweeted out Bitcoin things before. And, oh, I, I skipped this. I'm going to have to go back to that. But um, they've come out with something called dissenter.com. And I, I think this is a really cool tool. And there's oh, and I linked to an article about it. I actually linked to dissenter.com. I haven't signed up for it yet. But uh, Gab Dissenter lets you comment on any website. Dissenter.com, which launched February 26th, allows users to leave comments on any internet you on any internet URL. Uh, unlike Reddit, it has a decentralized structure. So it's pretty cool. You <laughs> it's it's like an, you can 
you, like let's say a CNN.com doesn't let you comment. They don't have a comment section anymore. You type CNN.com into the center.com and you can see everybody leaving comments on the CNN articles. Try it out. That you, There's a video linked to below in that article that shows you this. And I think this really might get a, a, a lot of people have joined. You can only use Decenter.com if you're a member of Gab. So a lot of people have joined Gab since then. And people have suggested that somehow Lightning Network gets in, in, incorporated into this Decenter.com. Again, I haven't tried it out yet, but I think this is a good, this is a good, seems like a really cool tool. And it will get more people in the Gab.com. And Gab.com is a huge fan of Bitcoin. So this more people will find out about Bitcoin if, if all goes well. And uh we shall see. So, so check it out. Tell me, tell me what you think. If you've used it, if you've heard about it, um, and it, it should. I mean, even on this, you'll be able to type this video in, and even if you can leave comments in the comment section below, though, but you'll be able to leave comments on the the center uh, commentary on this video. So what I what I forgot, but what I mentioned yesterday, uh, and again, this is why you should watch this show, is you get you get some scoops here. Or at least you get news here that you don't get at the regular places. I, again, I there's some people that just read off the the main articles on CoinDesk and they comment or whatever, and you know, that's their prerogative. I like to read what's going on on Twitter and come up with uh, my own stories and find out some unique stories, like the the center thing. And uh, and again, there was someone did write about it, but like I said yesterday, um, I, I mentioned this: the LN, the Lightning Network Trust Chain Torch has been passed from Iran to Israel. And so I said yesterday when I was at the Bitcoin, after I was at the Bitcoin embassy in Tel Aviv, I did the show and I said, I heard that someone from Iran had sent the, the Lightning Network trust uh, chain to an Iranian outside of Iran to send to the Tel Aviv Bitcoin embassy. And when I, and we were waiting for it. Sarah, who was on the show, on this weekend, Bitcoin, those familiar with the show, uh, she was waiting for it to arrive. So I knew it was going to arrive, but I, you know, I wasn't sure. And so it, it did, and they got it. The light, so that, that's pretty cool. And I said that would be a good, a good, a good, I mean, because I, you know, Iran and Israel on the uh, governmental levels are, are enemies, are enemies. But it, it can show you that the people within the countries can work together and can like each other. The, the Iranians sending stuff from Israel said, to Israel said nice things. Uh, which puts their lives at risk, I believe. And uh, and again, they had to, he couldn't directly send it from Iran to Israel, I guess, for fear. Uh, but it also shows you that the Bitcoin is borderless. It really is. It is borderless. And uh, yeah, I, and I hope other people write about it. I have other people talk about it. And it was retweeted today by a few people. I retweeted it. Follow me at TechBalt on Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. So you can see what I retweeted. Or it's linked to below. You can retweet all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's very interesting for Lightning Network. And I hope more people find out about Lightning Network because of that, that little experiment. And where will the Bitcoin embassy send it next? We shall see, won't we? We shall see. Um, again, Tel Aviv Bitcoin embassy. Great place. Great place here in Tel Aviv. I'm here in Tel Aviv until next Tuesday. Oh, man. Then I'll be in Los Angeles for two weeks. Then in Baltimore for all of April. And a little bit of May for a high school reunion. Pound that like button. Anyway, um, and when I go to my high school reunion, I'm just wearing a Bitcoin t-shirt. That, that's, that is what I'm wearing. I don't, uh, my, my high school class was, we're cool. We're, a lot of us are still friends. 
Um, so we, we talk uh, not as much as we used to, but um, no one tries to impress with like fancy clothes or a new car or anything like that. But no, I'm, I'm coming really dressed down. I'm wearing, I got to wear the Bitcoin t-shirt. I got it. So I'll, I'll, so people, so, so they know, and, and some of my friends already know, but I want uh, some of the people I haven't talked to in five years to find out about it too. And you always got to be talking Bitcoin, baby. I am at least, I'm a Bitcoin marketing machine. Pound that like button. Okay, so must stop Murad. He has a tweet out here. What is this? Oh, this is a very interesting one. And, and Murad's been on the show. Yeah, I'm re I really, all these people that I talk about have been on the show. Sarah's been on the show. We're going to talk about Udi in a second. Murad, uh, obviously, uh, Caitlin Long was on the show. I'll talk about her later. Well, I'm just giving you sneak previews. By the way, yeah, yesterday was there was a four-minute break on the show. And I'm going to, what I talked about during the four minutes that didn't air yesterday, I'm going to talk about soon. But let's say, let, let's, God, I hope you're playing this at 2x because oof, I'm, I'm rambling now. So Bitcoin gives the 99% a money which allows them per, to preserve the fruits of their labor and makes the cantillon effects manufactured by the 1% obsolete. Uh, Bitcoin gives the 1% an asset completely inaccessible to seizure by a potential uprising by the 99%. Demand will come from both. Okay, dude. Okay. Now, now, now I agree. I agree. You're, you're, you're theoretically correct on that, okay? That, uh, first of all, the Cantillon effect is when the government prints money and those at the top of the food chain, the 1%, um, who get the money first, they benefit the most. It, 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 there's not really an inflationary effect. It, it, it messes up the people who eventually get the new money, okay? Because then the system has already started to figure out there's more money in the system, thus it doesn't buy you it as much, okay? But I got to tell you something, Murad. You can't explain that to most people in the 99%. They're not. In fact, I would say the bottom 50% would be like, just print more dollars. I don't care. I don't care. It's like, so you can get me free stuff. Just print more dollars so the government can get me free stuff. I don't care if the dollars are worth less by the time they get to me. I don't care. I don't get, care if the rich get rich because you print more dollars as long as you get me more free stuff. So, yeah, I don't think those people <laughs> will be very interested in Bitcoin anyway because they just want free stuff. Now, now again, you're theoretically right. Now, what I, the point I thought that was really good was uh, that the, the 1%, and, again, I don't vilify the 1% at all. Um, again, if, if all things go right, if for those of you who are fiat freaks, a lot of us with Bitcoin uh, are going to be in the 1% uh, in, in terms of our uh, net worth. Uh, we, we, yeah, yeah, we'll be in the 1%. And, uh, and I'm not saying tomorrow. Obviously, I don't do these days. But yeah, in the 2020s, yeah, it's looking like a lot of Bitcoin holders will be part of the 1%. But here is the what, what he said is uh, – affects my – Bitcoin gives the 1% an asset completely inaccessible to seizure by a potential uprising of the 99%. Now, by the way, such an uprising would not come from the 99%. It would come from like the bottom 20% or who knows. But it protect. the point is, is that no one, that these one percenters are smart people, okay? They are going to think, they're going to be like, now, wait a second here. What Murad just said I, you know, there's a lot of crazy talk here in America these days. All these people talking about wealth taxes and redistribution. I don't want people to take my wealth in some riotous 
mad attack upon my house, I better get into this Bitcoin thing. So I think what Murad just said, it, 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 it's in a way, the 1%, many more people in the 1% and probably the top 20% will take uh, those words seriously than in the bottom 80%. Oh, look, there's a 20, 80%er thing again. The 80%ers, they're not going to care about the Cantillian effect, okay? <laughs> they don't. Uh, most of them won't, at least. Some will understand it. Some will understand it, obviously. But um, I think it's much easier to understand people a riotous mob coming from for your money than, uh, than the Cantillon effect or whatever it's called. All right. Moving on. And you can check out his tweet below. It, it, it's, it's good, though. It's good. He's a, he's a good thinking man. Udi, Udi. He'll, Udi will be on this week on, in Bitcoin on Friday, 340 uh, in Israel. And that is 840 a.m. in New York, 140. I don't know what time it's going to be in London. Do they have daylight savings? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah London will be at 140 uh, p.m. But anyway, this is uh, this is from Udi. It's about Monero. I don't know if this has been corrected yet, but uh, I got to read it anyway. Apparently, some bug has been found related to the latest Monero version, 0.14, and Ledger. Um, okay, details still being investigated, but seems like spending Monero stored on a ledger can cause massive loss of funds. If you have Monero on a ledger, do nothing and wait. That is great advice. You know, that's not just great advice for this situation, but it's usually great advice for every situation in crypto. And do nothing. Do nothing with your Bitcoin. Just, just hold it. Hold your Bitcoin. Hold your Monero. But you got to think things out. So it, whenever there's an emergency, whenever it is something doesn't seem right, just stick it out. Don't don't move it. Don't panic. Now, again, if you control your private key, that is. Now, if you already have done something by putting your cryptocurrency on a third party, and something goes wrong with that third party, then you got to you, you probably do have to do something at that point. But again, the do nothing principle, the hold principle. It's with the strong hands. It's with the people who already control their private key. So that's that's always good advice when you control your private key. Do nothing. And yeah, even though there might be some problem with Ledger and Monero, if you got that, if your Monero is on your Ledger and you control the you're fine. It, it just, if you do nothing. Marty Dent, Vermont, the latest episode of uh, what's his uh, what's his show called uh, is out with uh, Jack Dorsey. It is live now. We discuss everything from Jack, how Jack came to find and experiment with Bitcoin, uh, the parallels between early Twitter and Bitcoin, Bitcoin's effect on the state, and much more. And it's linked to below, guys. I haven't had time to listen to it, but but listen to it. That's another. Again, I'm not putting Jack Dorsey on a um, uh, on a pedestal, but it's apparently it's a good interview. I like Marty Bent. Hopefully, Marty will be back on the show uh, on this weekend Bitcoin Beard show soon. Best guest in the space on this freaking this week in Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm talking about in the space. Sure, Jack Dorsey is a big guy, but is he really in the space like Murad is, like uh, like Caitlin is, like uh, Marty Bent is? Eh, it's a little different. He's a uh, he's beyond the space. Hey man, again, I I hope that uh, I hope Jack Dorsey does a lot. Uh, 
does a lot with Bitcoin on Twitter. And uh, but again, there are a lot of people thinking the way he runs a Twitter is opposite of, of the way that uh, of the Bitcoin principles, at least. We'll get into that now. Here we go. Cryptopia has an update. Although this is now this is from a few hours ago. We are aiming to keep the site live. Aiming to get the site live today. However, we had a slight delay and are aiming to have the site live tomorrow. <laughs> Again, they're in New Zealand, so who knows what time it is there. We will keep you updated as this progresses. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, and again, there are people that are just so enthused that Cryptopia will be back, even though they lost 9.4% of their funds somehow. All right. All right, so here's the stuff that, that got cut out of Sunday. Uh, there, was a, there was an article in Coindesk, and again, I don't care about the Coindesk article. I didn't even read it. It said these four cryptos outperformed the market in February, and they were these four random like six-tier altcoins or something. And my point in mentioning this is that it's gambling. How, how can you know, how can you pick what six-tier altcoins are going to outperform the market? Why even get why even mess with that stuff? And then you got Coindesk glorifying it. Again, but it's personal responsibility. Let Coindesk, I mean, Coindesk is appealing to the mass market that wants want to hear about some coin that's going to become the next Bitcoin. Again, you should know better than that. You should know better that Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin, but many people don't. So let them experiment with six-tier altcoins, try to guess which ones are going to beat the market in March, and you know, let them have it. But it's gambling. It's gambling. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm just saying it like it is. It, it's gambling. But hey, if you want to gamble, go gamble. Go to uh, Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Oops. No, no more Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. <laughs> but go to, <laughs> go to Las Vegas. Go to Las Vegas. I remember the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, to tell you the truth. I, I, as a kid, I, I can remember seeing the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Um, definitely. Definitely. And and Trump Castle in Atlantic City, all all sorts of things. Uh, my father, uh, I guess he gambled at uh, Trump Plaza and he saved. Uh, you used to actually put like little tokens in the uh, slot machines. And I, at my at, at well, at my parents house, there's a uh, there's a Trump that you can still buy on eBay. It says, you know, Trump. It's like a coin Trump Trump Plaza on it. Anyway, OK, I've just gone off on a. Uh, East Coast gambling memories, right? For uh, anyone, uh, you know, now most people, most people don't remember. Uh, and again, I was a kid uh, when you, the only places you could gamble were like Atlantic City and Las Vegas. Um, anyway, anyway, and you got, and never mind. No, no, more, no Baltimore stories. Oh, God. My grandmother and grandfather went to their honeymoon into Atlantic City. That was way before. Um, uh, way before there was gambling, it was it was a luxury in the '40s. It was like a luxurious place, Atlantic City. Luxury, but then it went down the tube. They thought gambling would save it. You should see what yeah, you should see what gambling did to it. Very lovely place. Um, it, it's you know resembles Baltimore in many parts of Atlantic City. So uh, sorry about that. I hope you're fast forwarding through this part of the show. So this was cut from Sunday's show. And by the way, today it would have been my grandfather's 98th birthday. A blessed memory. So, um, what do we have here? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I was talking about the dog. Don't gamble. That's what I was saying. Don't gamble. Don't gamble. Um, don't smoke either. <laughs> my, my father did and my grandfather did. And, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, good. 
let, let's continue. Must have, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to say about altcoins, the other, other thing I, I wanted to say about altcoins, hey, yeah, it's personal responsibility is the count, new counterculture. Maybe if you maybe if you smoke, you will survive. Maybe. <laughs> maybe if you gamble, you will win. Bitcoin, strong hand. That's not gambling, baby. That's not gambling. And it's not smoking. But it's smoking hot. All right. So yeah, I I I got a, I got a message from a, a, a someone outside of the United States in a developing country. And he, oh, I checked out the dude's Twitter feed and he's talking about six-tier altcoins again. And it, again, it just, it, it reminded me like, dude, we are so early in on all this. We got, we got Coindesk talking about six-tier altcoins, how to beat the market. We got dudes from third world countries talking about, wondering about six-tier altcoins. We, there are so many foreigners, non-Westerners that are going to get into uh, cryptocurrency that aren't into it yet. And they will pump the altcoins like mad again. So if you thought 2017 was like the dot-com bubble of altcoins, you haven't seen anything yet. I have said that before. But when I see things like that on Coindesk, when I get messages from people in the third world like I did and see what they're talking about, I know that we are going to see such an altcoin massive pump. And that's, that's not me saying, oh, go buy altcoins. Oh, no. God forbid I say a thing like that. I'm just telling you, be, be aware. And that when the altcoins do pump again, and some of them are pumping more than Bitcoin, that you have a strong hand on your Bitcoin and you don't go crazy and gamble on those altcoins when they're looking really tasty. Now, if you happen to have some altcoins laying around and they start pumping, well, then trade them in for some Bitcoin, baby. That'll be that'll be great when all the – and again, I mean, I, you can't – you can scream on the mountain like I am right now saying Bitcoin is the one. Bitcoin – one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. These altcoins, they're not the same thing. You have no idea which ones are going to survive. But people are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. I'm not going to go to war against altcoins. Some of them produce some innovations, I guess. So, uh, But, I, I mean, I'm just I'm telling you about human nature here. People like to gamble. People want to be in the next Bitcoin. And it, it will go wild again. I don't know what year. It'll be in the 2020s. Um, but, yeah, we haven't seen the, the dot dot-com bubble yet in, in altcoins. There'll be a bigger one in 2017. They'll be talking, oh, God, what's that one? IOTA again. Who knows? There'll be ones we can't even imagine. So, yeah, if you're going to make a new one, fork it all off of Bitcoin or, or airdrop it on the Bitcoin. Give us some crypto dividends so we can, uh, we can turn them into Bitcoin and you can experiment or do whatever you want to do. And uh, we got two more things here. Two more things. Bear with me. Bear with me here. Oh, yeah. I think that's, yeah, two more things. So, and uh, Mustap Murad also had this tweet. Bitcoin won't have mainstream saver adoption until it has, what is this? Until it has reached mainstream speculator adoption. So, you know, that, that's a very good point. First, the, specu the mainstream speculators have to really get into Bitcoin before mainstream savers are going to get into it. And he actually creates a list in the order of adoption here. It's very interesting. It's linked to below. So first we had mainstream cypherpunk adoption. I think we can say that that pretty much happened. There's not that many of those dudes. Mainstream geek adoption comes next. 
has mainstream geek adoption has you know I, I, everyone's telling me that everybody in silicon valley has bitcoin so maybe we maybe we have mainstream geek adoption i don't know then comes mainstream speculator adoption we've clearly not had that yet there's all the people that are speculating on all sorts of different um financial instruments out there they're not into bitcoin yet they don't some are into it but not ma the mainstream speculators uh then mainstream fund adoption mainstream hnwi adopt a high net worth individual adoption then mainstream swf adoption what's swf and mainstream saver adoption mainstream merchant adoption mainstream consumer adoption and then finally mainstream government adoption hmm i don't know mainstream government adoption could come before mainstream consumer adoption i don't know nah. Yeah, that last part. Well, whatever. We could get into an argument about that, but it doesn't matter. Check out that link below. Finally, Caitlin Long, what do Wyoming's blockchain laws really mean? Here's my analysis of how all the puzzle pieces fit together. Everyone in blockchain may want to see it. Once you see that Wyoming, what Wyoming has created, I think it might blow you away. All right. So she explains some of the stuff she talked about on my show, actually. Uh, with Wyoming, but in a uh, written form. So check out that link. I think it was at Forbes, but I it's it's linked to below. All right, everybody. You know, it was funny. I couldn't, I was, you saw me struggling to read a few things. My screen on this laptop is so filthy. I can't. <laughs> Dude, I really got to clean this thing. I don't know how. It's, you, know, I'm eat, you know, because again, I'm eating when I'm at this and I'm always watching videos, not why I'm listening to videos, but at the same time dragging food across, things getting splashed away. <laughs> man, you hear the truth here for the Bitcoin Meister. Pound that like button, man. I've got conviction. This is the real deal, Adam Meister. This is who you meet in person, the same guy that you see on the, this video right now. All right, okay, everybody. Thanks a lot for uh, bearing with me watching this video today. I think it was too long, but whatever. Played at 2X. Played at 3 freaking X. Pound that like button, bound that, bang that bell button. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister. Click on those squares on my old shows. Check all that out, disruptmeister.com, techball.com. And uh, yeah, it's great to be freaking alive, isn't it? I'll say hi to you guys in the chat. Bye.